Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. From the BOD studio, it is playing and slaying. So this is it. This is, we are on the precipice of 50. So we're not going to do episode 50, which if you're counting at home, last show is episode 49. We're not doing episode 50 because we're not quite there yet. So let's call this 49.4, 5, room in case we do 3, 6, 2, 5, 7. Niner. So this is the decimal point episode. And uh, on this episode, if you recall, last time we had our wonderful story time with Steve Herner. Thanks again for Steve taking the, the time to sit down with us and chat. Um, but we did not do the majority of our other stuff where we talk about what we're playing, what we're hobbying, kind of what we're, you know, buying or looking forward to or why we're not watching The Mandalorian, you know, various things like that. So we're going to take this episode to to talk about all the wonderful stuff that we are doing. Um, so I guess we just, you know, start with the important stuff. And that's when you're playing and slaying, it is important to stay hydrated. So what are we drinking tonight? Nice. <laughs> Troy, you are front and center on my screen. Um, so I have our wonderful, this isn't video, but for people... I have their wonderful playing and slaying tumbler that from uh, Stu. That Stu got us. Yes. So I could say I have anything. Um, so maybe I'll just make something, but it might be, you know, Will Conway's favorite um, stuff that I have. So I don't even know if I have alcohol in it, but at least I have some kind of ZV in it right now. <laughs> and pretend you can say whatever alcohol you think is in there. Fantastic. All right, Josh, how about you? What is uh, got, uh, imbibed? I got a little vodka lemonade action. I don't know. I was feeling it was a, it was a crummy day out. It Usually a dark, dreary day. You do dark, dreary alcohol or beer. Uh, I wanted to spruce it up. I wanted to pretend like I was in Florida with the sun, uh, not with, you know, not the coronavirus, obviously, of Florida, but like the sun and the beach of Florida. And by yourself, six feet away from anyone. Exactly. Exactly. Like on a, on a remote beach where nobody's there, just me. And uh, so, yeah, I got the vodka lemonade. Tito's right. handcrafted vodka. Tito's got to, got to let the sponsors know. Indeed. And uh, Bryce, what, um, what, if anything, are you drinking tonight? I have a dog fight going on at my feet right now, so oh, nice. probably that in the intro. Uh, but I went with the Wisconsin Classic uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving with an old-fashioned. 
Nice. Oh, nice. Good choice. Yeah. And did you did what do you have to do to the bitters? You have to like what do they call it? Muddle? Muddle. Muddle. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah, I got an orange and everything. Ooh. And brandy, right? You did a brandy old yeah, fashioned. Yeah, Wisconsin old fashioned. Yep. Okay. Just, you know, making sure. Yeah. Um, you know, because you know, sometimes we disagree on very important things. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't mind a whiskey old fashioned, but I, you know, it's keep it interesting. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. I'm I'm sticking with the Wisconsin theme uh, and the Mandalorian theme, and I'm drinking a Baby Yo. It's a fuzzy little IPA uh, from Third Space Brewing here in Milwaukee, and the can art is illustrated in such a way it kind of looks like two little Baby Yoda ears and the robe, and uh, it is a uh, pretty tasty, very sessionable. It's like a four percent alcohol, but uh, kind of one of those hazy IPAs. So very good. Uh, also kinda references like... the Mandalorian because yeah. you know that's important. Kind of looks like the child from the Mandalorian. Absolutely, that's right. Because it's a great show. <laughs> oh, so. Let's just keep this uh let's keep the show rolling right forward uh cuz it's important that we get to these uh these details like what have we been playing buying building hobbying what what's going on it's been a while since we all talked about this so I know some of this is old catch up stuff but some is new um so Troy let's let's start with you and I just know this is you because it's a long list of titles from Board Game Arena so I'm going to kick so- it your way uh, and Zlatis is pretty old because we've actually not had a, a, a Weiss. Uh, we are actually probably this weekend where we'll bring up the Weiss brothers uh, online gaming going on. Every once in a while we try and drag Josh in, but he just he keeps ignoring us or something. He's always busy. It's one of those I'm washing my hair, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, even though he doesn't have my hair, but I don't know. But, um, so we've been so we've been doing. Um, so we picked up a lot of the classics we've been playing that are available on Board Game Arena. that are pretty cool. So I don't know if you remember Santorini. That's the Greek island uh, building blocks. It's nice little, very aesthetically pleasing. You're building little blocks, and it's really a the very blue roofs, right? Yeah, yeah, and the blue roof, right? Yeah. And it's all a fairly simple mechanic in that you just have to get your guy to the the third layer to win. Um, but then it's always right. There's these little rules to, um, that keep you, that break the rules that allow you to do some cheating and things like that. And so it was a fun game to kind of, we played, uh, I think we played four player cause you can play really play two teams. It's, it's always two sided, but with four players, you can play two teams. So it's always fun. Nice, uh, implementation of that on board game arena. Uh, and then we played, I think I talked about, we, they have downforce on there, which is the kind of that racing game, but it has the bidding and buying kind of component to it um and then basically how much money you spend on to buy your cars and and bid on that then that helps if you bid less then you have more money if you if you do well and how much you win with your car so but they've added all the expansions which are the expansion tracks and things for that they've added for downforce and so we we worked our way through that one evening and it was kind of fun because they've added some really kind of fun tracks like with some additional rules like there's things where you can do jumps and um and wide tracks and skinny tracks and and things like that. So it actually added a, another, a little bit of dimension to the racing aspect of it. I mean, still the um, the bidding and and team. And I think those uh, the expansions also like each driver has their own special powers too. So those got added in. So that was kind of fun. I hadn't. There's always a nice way to try those out. I don't own those for the physical game, but um, I might end up picking those up because they were they were a lot of fun. And then kind of two kind of real easy kind of 
um, kind of filler games. One we play Ink and Gold um, or was uh, it's really kind of a just a press your luck kind of game as you go into uh, uh, ex you're an explorer and you just you're going in and playing cards to get deeper into the I guess in some some kind of uh, temple and, and and gathering gathering treasure. What's interesting is it's uh, a little bit of press your luck. It's when so you're looking at somebody to blink because when you when you leave, you actually leave treasure kind of as you go in. And so like the first person who actually comes out actually gets a kind of a bonus because they get some of the treasure that that was left at, that you passed by as you walked in. Um, so that's so that first person that comes out gets a kind of a bonus. But if all of a sudden the next room, it has a bunch of treasure in it. Now they're kind of out of luck. So it has some an interesting kind of press your luck mechanic about when do you kind of hedge your bets and so forth uh, around some of that. So very simple, but it was a lot of fun and, and a really nice implementation there. Uh, and then Ty's favorite, mm -hmm. uh, Love Letter. Uh, I think I had talked about that. We had played on there. What we did do, I had never played. We actually, I did it for a work. We did a work event um, over lunch and we were just looking for a game that we could play with, I think like eight people. Um, and I had never played like eight person Love Letter. Didn't even know it that really existed. Usually the base game is like four. Um, but they have all the expansions, which are a couple different characters. Um, and it was a fun for a lot of people who had never kind of seen Love Letter. Again, it was very simple. You can pick it up uh, what how it works and that. So uh, it was a nice kind of work um, to have kind of civilians play play a game. And uh, and uh, we had some fun for that. So uh, so interesting. I would say it, it is interesting. I'd never... It's still Love Letter. So Ty, you're still going to not like it. But yeah, it, does, I it did have some it. extra dimension... Uh, at, when you add eight people, just having some extra characters and um, and there's a couple of special powers in there um, that that made it uh, add, add a little bit of interest um, at the at the level. So, so that was it. And I think that's my run through board game arena for the last month or so. You know, I I disparage Love Letter pretty frequently, but there's a lot of games that I disparage that I'll still play. You know, if somebody were to put them in front of me at at the table and say, okay, we're gonna play a game. Love Letter is one that I, I honestly think at this point, if somebody put it in front of me and said, let's play Love Letter, I'd just, I'd, I'd be like, hard pass. I'll sit back. You guys play your Love Letter game. I will I will throw some jabs at you as you play this game that is not any fun at all. But I will not sully my own, you know, my own sense of, like, worth and play that game. I just and won't it, do it. And if we go way back, right, we go back to the, what did we do when we did our gaming profile or whatever we called that right and i think right with you is it truly is love letter there is no skill involved there there's very little at all yeah. skill involved and that's what like when we did the eight people who had never played i can't remember who won but it was somebody who had no idea what was going you know barely knew what was going on in the game right and it just kind of it did reinforce the fact that it, it is in a, in a situation like that it did make it kind of fun for people who didn't have any experience. But if you if you go in knowing that all this is is basically we could all roll dice and see who rolled <laughs> the highest number and have the same kind of make right have the same that's about your chance of winning right and some of that. So I don't know, uh, I don't know why I'm, so. I'm I'm like envisioning this this nightmare scenario where you know Ty wakes up and he's like oh I'm at this awesome gaming convention COVID's over. And uh, I'm sitting, he sits down at a, at a game table, and uh, they're like, oh, okay, so you, you want to play? And he's like, yeah, sure, what, what are we playing? And they start, <laughs> they start playing Love Letter, and he's like, oh, no!
And everybody around flip, him is playing Love Letter. <laughs> I'd flip the table. I'd flip the table. I'd go like rampaging out of there like Godzilla in those early movies, knocking over cardboard sets and like. Yeah. And, he, and, he run, and he runs out into the hallway and he finds they're just playing werewolf there. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> it's a whole convention, and all it is is love letter. Love and letter werewolf. And werewolf. <laughs> werewolf in the hallway, love letter in every every room. In every room. Uh, oh. Oh, that makes me feel physically ill. (laughs) So um, I I know the show notes started a while back because I say that I was playing a game with Tom. So my my brother, Tom, moved out of state back in probably September at this point or uh, September, maybe. So before he left, we cracked out Zombie Kids, the legacy game where your kids defending the school that Landon really likes and, and played uh, with the family. And then recently we've been playing again to try to make some progress and open some envelopes because you unlock, you know, hero skills and super zombies. And you, you kind of, as you go through it, completing missions and playing the game. So we actually played a, a few rounds today after dinner as well. So it keeps hitting the table here. Um, super fun, just kind of, you know, age age appropriate game where your kids defending the school from zombies trying to work together to lock the doors and keep your school safe nice um and then at the time we talked to herner probably i just kind of wrapped up my blood bowl so playing on steam uh some of the guys from andrew mr meff's uh discord had and brendan friend of the show one of the hosts of cubic shenanigans had set up a blood bowl league um and made it into the everyone else bowl so we did playoffs for like the winners the losers and then the mid so i kind of finished in the middle and ended up winning my first two games before i lost to tomb king tristan um of twitter fame in the semifinals but had a great time with him just kind of chatting what was really cool about playing blood bowl on online is you could hop on discord and talk stream the game so they did some commentary on a few of them stuff like that but uh I did not sign up for the second season. I know that that is wrapping up soon here um, as they kept doing it Um, just because, you know, scheduling another event once a week when I had other game nights and commitments got to be uh, a little bit troublesome, but it was, it was super fun to kind of learn the game. I'd never played blood bowl um, and and playing it as the steam version was interesting. So I know like GW has the new edition of blood bowl coming out and there's a lot of cool, new teams and stuff for the actual miniatures game. Um, but playing online was, was a different experience and kind of fun through steam. And there's a new, um, electric version or whatever computer version coming out too, right? Down yeah. Down. Yeah. Blood Bowl three on the computer. Um, so that, that'll be out soon. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of, as far as, any board gaming or you know anything not role playing game uh that's that's really it um Bryce or Josh any any board games card games computer games get in played uh just some um uh, you know little games with the kids um uh, yeah just pattern matching type games with the the little ones uh that type of stuff there's actually a a Mario Kart uh, Monopoly game that we've been playing that's sort of fun. So it's just 
I mean, it just adds, you know, the Mario Kart skin to like Monopoly Junior, basically. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, they have fun with because they love Mario Kart. So it's you know, it's just sort of a fun way to play a game that's that's a, a skin they like. So yeah. So you just you got to buy some Mario Kart toys and then yeah. use um, Gaslands templates. Yes. And get them playing <laughs> true true life Mario Kart on the table. Have you, like have you seen the, the Mario Kart game? My coworker was telling me it's like uh, augmented reality, like around the house, right? Yeah, with like, but you build the track and stuff, and then it's like a yeah. VR Mario Kart, and you like go all around the house on the track and race. Yeah, and stuff. it sounds incredible. Yeah, oh. it sounds wild. That's that. Is that for Oculus or what is it? I don't know. She said it's just something that you can purchase. Like you don't need anything for it. It's just buying that. But apparently, it's like the toy this year, so it might be challenging to find. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I didn't realize. I guess it's kind of foolish of me not to realize. But when you don't have kids, you kind of get disconnected from that. How popular that game has remained and yeah. continued on. Obviously, when I was a kid and. Not quite Troy, I don't think. That was Mario Kart was the big thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it still is. It's kind. Of, it's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, they keep coming out with new versions for each uh, each new uh, gaming system and whatever. So it carries on, man. You know the the real crazy part is uh, recently I saw something that fifteen years ago the xbox 360 released and i thought was it really 15 years that the 360 and then it's probably six or seven that the the xbox one and the ps4 released like just seeing that that time kind of go has been wild as now we're you know looking at series x and the uh playstation 5 uh releases it's it's kind of cool to see how long ago some of those game systems that are iconic for what I think of as like, well, yeah, I was just out of college when I got a 360 and like, you know, I yep. played that for a number of years, went through three of them from the Red Ring of Death Red before Ring, I got yeah. sick of Microsoft <laughs> and switched over back to Sony. Yep. Yeah. It's, I think I missed the whole PlayStation 4. Um, I have a, my three and I, it's funny. I just... Um, Sarah and I just finished, um, I don't know if you remember the game called Journey for the PlayStation 3, if you remember that. It was just yeah. the, the little guy in the sand. Yeah. Uh, a really cool game. Like, it's, you know, there's... It was like an indie platform game. Like, yeah, and, and it's yeah. just, you're, you're kind of, you're exploring and you're kind of, there's some puzzles about just how do you get through it. And, but, you know, the music is awesome. There's no, like, talking. It's just music and and um, a little bit of special effects and stuff. But, and it was funny. We've been, every once in a while we play it and then she had, we'd, I was going to actually pack up the PlayStation 3, which, of course, then made it cool to play on again, right? So, it was, uh, <laughs> but then we, yeah, so one evening we just, she was working away and she's like, all right, you got to help me get through it. And so that's probably the first video game I finished in uh, who knows how many years, like eight probably. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I got a PlayStation 5 on release day. I pre ordered it back in September. I was one of the, you know, what feels like few people that was able to secure one. <laughs> And I've been playing the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So I've been running around as a Viking trying to complete all the quests and like going full completionist mode, you know, find all the mysteries, find all the treasure chests, like just spending hours in it. And I'm worried about 
how long I've been playing when I look at like completion and, you know, I'm like 30% through the game <laughs> after God knows how many hours. My roommate from college then, just sent a message to our chat today, 89 hours, and he just finished the storyline and there's still more to do. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard 80 80 plus to 100 for just the story. So, you know, then there's all the side quests and it's just crazy. All right. Bryce, uh what have you been playing recently, buddy? Well, I've been playing I I've heard, I think everyone knows of this, but I just found out what it was among us. Uh my some friends from high school wanted to play that and we've just been having a blast. Uh some it's super quick, so we'll just take like thirty minutes here and there to to play a game and it's it's more of just getting together with people that, you know, I don't talk to very often and, and having an excuse to do that. As sad as it is, sometimes you, that's what it takes to, to catch up with people. Um and then speaking of catching up with people, I've also been convinced to to catch up with some old uh guildmates in the world of warcraft to experience the shadowlands as the expansion that came out on monday so we've lost and, you then. and yeah it's over we'll never see you again <laughs> that's why he's not on video he's actually he's actually playing now right uh, as at oh, the I'm, podcast. I'm holding a dog toy up to keep them from barking and then just dangling it in front of them <laughs> Um, I did hear, kind of side note on Shadowlands, that they entirely ripped off um, Dungeons and Dragons Ravenloft, that there's a zone or a vampire-like theme. I, I don't know much about it, but I heard it It feels like a ripoff of uh, Barovia and Ravenloft. So you'll I have love, to let me know, Bryce. People, people say, like, because it's vampires. Like, I, it is, but I feel like that argument comes up all the time that, that, Warcraft is just stealing the ideas just because the general concept. Well, they did. They they stole a majority of their early games from Games Workshop almost entirely, and that's why GW has had to change some of their race names and stuff so they can control copyright so it can't be disputable. Yeah. But uh, World of Warcraft and even Starcraft uh, are are clear clear like theft of of IP to some extent and they just because they didn't trademark the names were too broad and some things they they couldn't actually sue and it was small company suing big company too which uh never so is really it, worked is it like the races and stuff because the story the story itself isn't i mean the, the main storyline is that that's not stolen no right? mainly mainly races look and feel locations like gotcha um you know, um, it is more. interesting with playing mage though there is a zone that is entirely like there's so many things from the fey and stuff that that are in that zone um so that was been interesting to see like knowing more about it now that i've been playing like the winter queen and stuff like that so it's 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 pretty interesting to to have more knowledge coming back into a game that when i first started playing i had literally no knowledge of any of that kind of stuff to see it all um and how it how it is ideas from other places but i think they do a pretty cool job of telling a story through this campaign too so cool there's um there's a former world of warcraft like executive that just started a gaming company i don't know if you guys saw that it um i'll i'll find it for probably for next time because it's not on the tip of my tongue but he was a former kind of executive or creative lead you know on uh, World of Warcraft early on, an Activision guy, and now he left 
and another another former Activision kind of World of Warcraft um, guy and him started an actual like traditional games company. Um, it's not War Cradle. It might be War Chief uh, or something like that, but because War Cradle is already in existence, but yep. I think it's War Chief Gaming or something. Um, but I'll I'll try to find that. But it looks interesting as far as you know a new um, kind of taking that computer like background and coming now realizing that there's such a market for analog tabletop, you know, role playing miniatures, whatever else. So pretty pretty cool transition there. Um, we've been playing some D and D. Uh, I had a bunch of questions last time because our campaign had hit, you know, kind of a, a pretty cool pivotal point in the Sundering. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we can just check in there or we can kind of talk about our, our new venture as we kind of put a put a break on um, one of the campaigns. Bryce and I have talked about kind of co-DMing or, you know, trading off as needed. So taking a little break from his game and we've been having a session zero and a session 0.1 for the new uh, the Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, the last book from um, from Dungeons and Dragons, that takes us up to the the Savage North. But I'll let you guys share any any commentary on D and D before we we keep trucking along. Well, I just it's interesting that I think it's Tasha's uh, guide that made us do the one point five or the zero point five. <laughs> I think there's so much new stuff in that book that we're still all trying to wrap our head around that we all we had ideas and then we're like, well, maybe we have other ideas. So that's I think why we're taking a it's fun, right? We're just trying to try a bunch of different ideas for what's going to work for for rhyme. Uh, it's going to be a I think that'll be a fun one. Yeah, that that's a good point, Troy. That um, Tasha's. Uh, what is it cauldron of everything i can't find it um but that book is just full of awesome material it takes some of their stuff that they've been you know putting through the paces and testing in in their either uh what do they call not the Uh, dm skill yeah anything right yeah where they put out some of the test rules and then get feedback and so it codified some of that but it just added a ton of new subclasses and spells and, you know, feats and different stuff that, that there's just so many different things that it, it is really cool to refresh kind of the concept. And I think we used to see that in older editions a, a lot more, the splat books, you know, and they've kind of moved away from that. But this one is just really, really good content. I've, I've been super impressed with that, that new book. And we're going to have a party with two or three artificers, rumor has it, in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Which, Bryce, I don't know if you knew that, but uh, evidently there's going to be multiple artificers. Yeah, Tom had was having so much fun and jokingly said we should all be artificers, and then Heath liked it, and now here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good deal. All right. So are are we going to talk about Ty's character in Bryce's campaign? Oh, oh, my character <laughs> in Bryce's campaign. I mean, there's so much to talk about. He is one of the greatest um you know, I thought we were like characters Bryce. ever. Bryce talk about Ty's character. Maybe that's Oh, okay. Okay. I think it'd be better to have Ty explain what his character is and then me tell everyone what his character is after really is. his All right. <laughs> So, so Asheron is a tiefling. Uh, charlatan so he's a, a profe- professional con artist 
that has been traveling about the realms, um, you know, doing what, what he can to swindle people. Uh, and he is very good at it. He is, you know, he gets to a town and he's so good at his, uh, his antics that he can get people there convinced that the name of the town is something else than, than it, what it was. He, uh, he fools bandit Kings and then becomes the bandit King of broken, broken bank. Um, he sells insurance. He has fake letters of mark that he uses at stores. I mean, he's he is just personable and uh, you know a, a wonderful salesman. Um, but he's also a divine soul sorcerer that I'm working towards warlock with. So soon I'll be um, launching eldritch blasts and doing tons of damage. Uh, right now I'm just kind of trying to figure out what spells have the best utility and <laughs> doing foolish things with. Uh, with deception and uh, charisma when, when I can. Bryce, how is that? What, what would you like to share about Asheron? That was was pretty good, except like the it's, it's challenging. I think it's more challenging to prepare for what I have to deal with, with your character than (laughs) than it is to deal with like, Oh, this combat doesn't feel balanced because your character will try to talk through anything. And I have to keep that all in mind when I'm like <laughs> both planning and playing. So it's like, it's, it really is a mentally taxing exercise. And, and Asheron, it's not that he, he will want, you know, it's kind of, sw- he has to swindle like anything, no matter what, it's gotta be a swindle. It's gotta be a con job. Like literally mm-hmm. be like, here, here's some free money for you. He'll be like, no, let me figure out how I can swindle, <laughs> swindle that money for from you, even though it's already like he can't not swindle in con, which is kind of interesting. That's the... it's like, it's like I, I want that money and I'm going to steal the shirt off your back, too. Right. Yeah, it, it, sure. it's already free. But wait, yeah. maybe I can also have the, the table that it's sitting. On, right? That's the. <laughs> I think what's best about it too is it's not just with the NPCs and me; it's with the party too. So seeing <laughs> seeing the way that Heath and Ty interact sometimes is pretty hilarious, and ends up with like nothing at all getting accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to convince Troy's character that he's my bodyguard, so whenever possible, I'm I'm advising him on how to best protect me. <laughs> and Koro is just kind of the quiet air elemental what is it can i see um guy so he's just kind of literally blowing in the breeze kind of letting things go by he kind of lets it all just float by yeah it's uh it's entertaining it's a fun one to, to play eventually i'll have like cool things i can do right now i'm just kind of like i get a couple spells and i do a few things mainly it's put people to sleep and then you know, run away and put somebody else to sleep. But uh, soon I'll be, you know, torching people with Eldritch Blast. Yeah, it was good. All and right. it, I think we, I mean, I don't know, Bryce, if, it, I think we, it was a nice where we end kind of the couple, we had some really, couple of really nice, one big arc we kind of went through. That was the initial where we, um, initial arc where we were underwater and had some other battles. It was pretty cool. And then the second arc where we kind of left off after we, um, we're still kind of got some stuff to figure out, but it was a nice kind of ending point after we had kind of taken over. There was a big bandit fort that we ran into and, and, uh, Asheron, Asheron pulled a little help to <laughs> pulled a little inside job on some of that, but that was a nice kind of, uh, climax to put a little break when we took a break on it. So. 
yeah, I kind of kind of left one big thing open for you guys to think about, and felt like a decent spot to to take a break. And it's just been it's been tough for me with you know everything that's been going on, and I didn't want to force it. So that's why I, I think the way that Ty and I are doing it is really is good because now get to take a little mental break and let let Ty do the planning, and then in maybe a month or so we'll switch back and works out well. Yeah, it's um, it's useful to have, you know, more than one person that that can just step up and and DM at times because you definitely like like with anything you do enough of one thing and you kind of get tired or you burn out and you you look for you know an opportunity to do something different. Um, so we when we can kind of offset that rather than a campaign going on hiatus for two months and you know nobody playing D and D, it's nice to like take that break, but have something else to, to kind of switch to and, and run with. And um, I do want to mention in the Sundering, you guys are headed towards kind of the climax there. So we're, what, level 13 or so, I think. Mm-hmm. You've got one or two of the Ancients left. Some uh, getting pretty in, intense. It's like camping. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, and, and you kind of feel it, like the story is sort of building and building and building. And uh, like, I, I think one of the questions you had for us last time, uh, and this was, you know, a couple months ago was, you know, is, is the, th- the threat countdown kind of working? Like the, is, is that pressure sort of looming? And, and I mean, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's that uh, that that clock that's ticking, you know, and and that's always kind of in the back of your mind, like, hey, we gotta kind of push push the envelope a little bit. So, I think that's a, a fun mechanic to keep us pushing, yeah, pushing forward. And you know, it, it, well, and it, like our last session, you know, we sort of identified that we made maybe the wrong decision to not go to the. Um, the ancient of knowledge or, or was it knowledge? I forget. I think, yeah. I think it was knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Like that, that, that should have been one of our first stops, right? Like to learn more about <laughs> what's going on and who we should talk to and all that. Like we could have learned so much and we didn't because that, that pressure was sort of on us to, to get it, get it moving. Right. So yeah, I think that's a really fun mechanic that you added. I'm I'm glad it's working as I turn through characters left and right as Tom's <laughs> Tom's wizard recently died. Yeah, we have one left. Just just Josh's, right? Of the original I I, characters I that started the, the journey. Yeah. And like I've I've almost died, died twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's just really funny that um just kind of how that has all played out it's just really um it, it's just it, it's interesting how it, it's all kind of come together so yeah yeah it's a fun campaign for sure yeah that's that's you know the primary objective is you guys are having fun and that you know the, the action's moving forward so um we'll uh we'll keep going there too and running that campaign at at this point it feels like we've been in it long enough i kind of am comfortable with the world and like i've got a lot of it designed and built kind of off the shelf ready to ready to throw at you guys so it's not a a real intensive prep either because 
the world as we've played through it has grown and I've gotten more, you know, more ideas and more NPCs and storylines to weave in. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's fun too, because at first it was, Oh crap, I got to create all this, all this place, names, dungeons, things to do. And now it's, I'm familiar enough with the world I've built that I can kind of rely on improv at times or pull in, you know, different aspects to, to keep it moving. Speaking of keeping it moving, how about hobby? Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to really do round robin. I, I don't know, you know, we can go into our goals, but any, any general generic hobby before we do our accountability challenge uh, stuff. Um, anything I, fun. I I've, I've, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, I know, I know it's not a crowd pleaser, but the 3d printing, uh, I had to, replace uh some temperature sensors on my 3d printer because they failed and i mean that was sort of an undertaking that i wasn't prepared for uh so it, it yeah it, it was something i mean it, i i didn't build my 3d printer so it came to me up pre-assembled and so like taking it apart and doing all this stuff i feel a lot more comfortable um with kind of how it all works and and stuff. So for what that's worth, I had to replace the the temperature bed sensor. I can't remember if I talked, I know on Cubic Shenanigans, I talked about my um, Darren Latham style flesh tear. I don't remember if I talked about it in (laughs) on our podcast, but that was a while ago. Um, Just kind of Darren Latham had kind of shown where he was using contrasts over top of metallics for a blood angel type. Uh, miniature and so I did just a one-off um, with as a flesh tear as kind of experiment and that was a, a while ago but that's probably the last miniature I actually painted that's <laughs> yeah it's, oh, it's that's a preview to a hobby challenge <laughs> it's been a minute for me too I um I mean I set up a new hobby desk I don't I don't think I had that done last time we, we were gathered but I bought a new kind of writing desk out table put some shelves bought some you know three new uh, three additional paint racks from Hobby Zone, so I've I've got a nice setup now with more space than I had before, so that I can kind of have my personal computer and my work computer, and then behind me I have another whole desk for for Hobby, so I kind of have dedicated space, which I'll talk a little bit about later. But um, I think that's important to feel like I can work, you know, on on the Hobby again, is that it's not sharing space with like my computers and everything else that it's got its own dedicated place. So I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, about winter being right around the corner and being able to get some significant hobby time in. Awesome. Bryce painting anything or uh, not, not really. No, it's been, I, I had this really fun idea. I, I have a bunch of Slanesh stuff and I was going to convert a keeper into like a, a demon prince type Siegfried. And then mm. the release came out, and then I was like, oh, that won't be cool anymore because it's ah. better than it. So, that... <laughs> so nope. yeah, that new Sigvald uh, model, that's pretty yeah. sweet. All right. Well, how about the accountability challenge? We foreshadowed a bit here, so I'm just going to start. I had a goal to paint four assault intercessors. I had done the test model last time um, in the Stanley method, so still need a, a recipe for the yellow uh, helmet. Um, yeah, I don't have recipe for the yellow helmets. I don't have four intercessors painted. I got the base red done on them. 
and that is it. So I, I have a big stinking failure, but I've, I've got the new space and I, I think for, uh, for next time, I'm going to try to finish those very same four space Marines and get a, uh, yellow helmet recipe, um, probably from, from my good friend, Stanley, our intern and in, in paint aficionado, uh, and get those done. Uh, and I'll just go ahead. So that is $10 more into the charity fund, which I'm going to find a place to add on to a donation on Tuesday. So we do a giving Tuesday event at work, which is actually next week. I think that's December 1st, uh, where the company will match donations. So nice. once, once I know where I'm going to send those funds, I'll add the extra money in and, uh, donate it to get a, you know, twice, whatever match from my company. So that's kind of the state of affairs for my accountability challenge. Um, just resetting my old goal. And uh, Troy, speaking of resetting our old goal and foreshadowing, what uh, what was your goal previously? So I say I didn't paint anything. My goal was that I would build two squads of stuff that could be Necrons. I think I left myself a little wiggle room. Um, a lot, a lot of wiggle room. A lot. And I still failed. Um, so I, I, I bought more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Necrons, so I do, I do have the the hex mark uh, sitting over there in the box, and I might have I might have a a silent king um, sitting in the box over there too now. Um, so so I, I failed on the actually assemble, but I did acquire a couple more. So so like you, I will add some more to the uh, to the uh, my uh, my total, and then I like that idea around. Uh, I'll have to look at Giving Tuesday. Um, but my company always matches, so maybe I'll I'll take advantage of that too. So yeah, we we do a match on Tuesday. We do twice the oh. the gift, so it's you can double up for the Giving Tuesday. Nice, Josh. How about you and your hobby accountability challenge goals? So I had uh, I forget I had four or five pieces of terrain done, and I wanted to finish off that table. So I had two larger pieces, and then like two or three other little pieces that I needed to finish to kind of finish up that table. And um, <laughs> if if we had done this the first time we had scheduled this, this podcast or the second time, I wouldn't, I would have failed it. <laughs> um, it's all I, for you. I, I, I crushed it. I, I knocked it out. Uh, I don't know, two nights ago. I, well, I, I did a little bit here and there. And then, yeah, two nights ago, I just kind of heads down, knocked it out. And uh, yeah, so I had a, a oh, pretty much a full table of terrain. Um, I think I'm going to go back and flock some of it uh, with a little bit of, uh, you know, the little bit of green here and there just to kind of give it a little bit, a little bit of color. Um you should um you should also get some tufts, you know, some of those yeah, tough, yeah, like dried grass or dead grass and and put them just in different places coming out of the base or yeah, exactly. So yeah, I have some flock that's like kind of almost dead grass, and then I have um yeah, some it's it's almost um totally dead, but it's just a hint of green in in the tufts um that I have left over from some other project. And so yeah, I'm gonna add a few of those in there too, just to kind of give it a little something because it was missing. Uh, but I, I wanted to get that done for, for tonight at least. So yeah, bam, bam. Um, well done. So yeah, I'll, I'll go back and finish yeah, that. And, and it, you know, I don't know when you actually did it. 
but it seems like you did get it right under the gun. Cause as I was going to bed last night at whatever it was, Oh, dark midnight, all of a sudden discord goes beep, 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 beep. And all these pictures of this finished terrain <laughs> up here right under the wire. Uh, so it feels like Josh might've been burning the midnight oil to get it, make sure he made his hobby challenge, made us all look bad. That's the... it, that may or may not have happened. <laughs> all right. So Josh avoids more hobby shame donations to charity. Bryce, uh, I don't believe we had a goal down from you. I had, I, I I had set one. It was to uh, make the template and the basis for some terrain. Um, that didn't happen. I had some some personal stuff happen, and I just didn't have any time to do that. And then after that, I lost motivation. So. Like Troy, I'm going to try to reset that, but now my dad's gone, so my, my tool knowledge is not as strong as it usually is. So you have, um, you're going to have to just kind of wing it. Yeah. Cut, cut first, ask questions later. I mean, that's our conversion style, so why? That's true. Why not take it over why to change it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Any, uh, any desire to set a new goal? I'm gonna I'm gonna set that same goal. Gonna do the Troy method. Reset. All right. Excellent. Three resets and one accomplished. It's gonna be big on our next episode, episode fifty, if we get there and we don't do forty nine point eight nine 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 repeating. Um where we'll have some some hobby accountability. Um but let's let's move into what I think is Troy's favorite, but I actually have I think the majority of the, the things on here. Did so, Josh make a um, make a new goal? Oh, a goal for next time. Yeah. Oh, well, all yeah. the rest we all reset, but Josh actually accomplished his, so he has to actually make a new a new goal. goal. Yeah, that's thank you. Good, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, part of my old goal was to prime two buildings, and I did that as well. Uh, I forgot to mention that. Um, I, I guess help me out, guys. So I'm either gonna. F- try to start painting those two buildings but i that's i I don't know if i'm gonna have them finished by then or i got a i got this gift card from games workshop (laughs) um i i may purchase and assemble um maybe some 40k stuff question mark yeah do that i think that like everybody i do that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) i should i should probably work on those but i have this games workshop card so right uh i feel like i should the new stuff is always better right right so there's that i don't know um hmm, hmm, hmm. i'll you know what i'll i'll start working on those two buildings i'll try to get one of the buildings painted um that'll be my goal because they're they're fairly large so yeah all right Paint and buildings. Now let's move into Kickstarter. So I'm I'm actually going to go first, and and this is tangentially related to Kickstarter. So uh, a couple months back, Hasbro, the big uh, titans of toys and games that they are, announced that they would be doing something on their Hasbro Pulse site, which is where they kind of for lack of a better word, kickstart or fund uh, things for, for fans. Usually it's toys or different collectible items, but um, what they what they actually uh, put up was a, a video about HeroQuest. 
know, Hero Quest was their their game that they did with Games Workshop back long ago, um, probably thirty years or so uh, in the past, and um, they are re revitalizing it. They brought in the original kind of quest book and updated it, updated all the models, but the board and some of the scenery and the cards look you know very similar. Um, but it it looks really cool. Uh, there was some early grumbling about how it wasn't available in the UK or Australia. They found distribution and and added that, and they raised uh, nearly four million dollars. Um, to and it, the goal was a million, so they you know exceeded the goal quite a bit. Hit some stretch goals, added some new models, some new quests, different stuff, and they're releasing Hero Quest with the. Um, the Keldar's Keep and the Witch King expansions and, and shipping it out sometime uh, end of 2021. So very excited. Uh, I, instantly, I backed it. I mean, Hero Quest is my grail game. We've talked about that in the past where I I wish I had that copy. There have been times where I thought about shelling out two or $300 to buy you know, a used uh, copy of the original game. Um, but that is super exciting for me and love it or hate it, you know, want to see new rules or whatever. I think there's a nostalgia factor there. That was just an instant. I'm, I'm getting this, I'm paying for everything. I want this, this game. So I'm, I'm super excited because I think it'll be something, you know, when it releases Landon will be 10 and that's about how old I was when I started playing hero quest nine or 10, like, and it's what it was my gate into, D and and miniature games and everything like it was here my first exposure to that fantasy gaming so i'm i'm just super excited to to get my hands on that even though it'll be a, a long wait but uh soon so hasbro pulse um you might even still be able to like kick in money to get yourself a copy as they're doing the the pre-orders but um I don't know. Did any of you see that first? And and by I know I spammed the Discord with it. I think, um, but um, I don't know if any of you guys. I might have, like, I might have bought a... it. Nice. And then nice you're gonna, you know, Ty, you're gonna be asking. I don't know, maybe Josh or I for the 3D printed Hero Quest board because if you've seen people <laughs> keep working on those, no, I haven't. Preparation for the game. Um, no, that would be like the bling factor. Um, on that one. So, that's pretty cool and, and then you know what your problem is now ty now i signed up on this hasbro pulse thing so now i get email about all the cool stuff the razor crest toy the razor crest did yeah. you see 350 razor crest my yeah. i i Wait, was from, from I the mandalorian I didn't, yeah, from the mandalorian, mandalorian yeah. yeah yeah i i didn't see the price right away um and i looked and you looked at you like oh my god this is incredible awesome and then i'm like I don't know if I really, although what we spend on freaking GW models, like it yeah. probably should have just been an instant, like, oh, like oh, this Razor Crest thing is awesome. And it's all painted. And, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I don't think you can get it anymore at closed, but uh, that they, they do stuff like that. There's a ton of stuff on there, like collectibles and different toys and things like that. So now you got me hooked. I keep seeing these emails from the damn hasbro pulse people and well you think you think about the ip that hasbro has their fingers in and it's just it's ridiculous it, it's so crazy what they all have uh licensing deals with and and yeah hands speaking in. of which now maybe i should save it for our christmas but i might there might have been something that had a little bit of a 
Dungeons and Dragons and My Little Pony crossover that I might have <laughs> oh, bought wow. for, somebody, <laughs> for somebody in my family. <laughs> because just because, like you said, they have so many IPs and yeah, and yeah. they don't. And that hero Hasbro Pulse is pretty creative. Like, yeah, they just like, hey, this would be kind of cool to do, and they do it for. And they're limited. A lot of them are limited and, running stuff, but it's kind of cool. And you know what? What I didn't talk about, and I, I don't want to get sidetracked, is that a company of that size, you know, do they really need to do that? You know, they do the market research, they have the money. No, no, they don't. You know, it's to the point where Simon doesn't have to either. But you know, it's it's a business model. It's low risk for the company, so they can get their designers to pitch something and do these passion projects or whatever they want to call it. You know, and and then rake in the cash on on the back end. You know, it's. It, it is what it is. I'm not going to, I'm not going to boycott it. I'm not going to avoid it because I want the game. You know, I, I want the product and to some extent, should I dislike the model that it's being, you know, operate under? Sure. But we're, <laughs> you, you know, what are you going to, where do you draw the line? You know, like, right. Um, I'd rather see a company do that than launch something and it be an abysmal failure and not, have the chance to to ever get it or you know see it fall apart so right you know there's there's kind of two sides and i'm not gonna let it bug me but there was a ton of like negative feedback about hasbro using that methodology to to do it rather than just launching the game but yeah i was i was kind of take the stance of like if they're doing something cool and and it's something that people like like who cares like it's not i don't know i yeah, the the hate kind of I, I don't totally understand it, but yeah, I, I yeah. Anyway, um, the the My Little Pony D and D crossover was that uh, was that somebody in your family? It was that Ben. Did you get that from? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't. He might listen. Uh, <laughs> I I just kind of guessed. I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic. Speaking of Simon, though, I mentioned them uh, mainly because this next one. So Zombicide Second Edition, about over a year ago, um, they they announced that they were rebooting, kind of do, redoing the rules, new models, new settings, new games. And myself and I, I think at least maybe Troy went all in on Zombicide Second Edition. No, I didn't actually. Oh, what? Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's interesting. Like I've never and. And I don't know what it is. Like I've never gotten re-excited about the basic Zombicide game. Like that's just the setting for some reason. Like I like, I, I love Black Plague so much. Um, but you get Obama. And then, yeah. There's but, an Obama miniature. Yeah, but it still didn't. It it was cl- like the the problem was that that was so far down. Like throwing another, like you said, you had to go all in to kind of like let's get the expansion and all. And I just like. There was so much, so much. There's still stuff of of Black Plague I haven't even opened and painted yet. After how many five years or ever it's been, um, so I didn't. I did go in on the role playing game. That's I. So I did back it, but I only went in because I was curious about what again in my whatever my um, superpower of buying RPGs that I never play. Um, well, we're we're gonna do the first episode of Between the Sheets. <laughs> For the zombie side role playing game, we're gonna do the very first episode of Between the Sheets and do the how to play, how to make a character episode. 
because right. RPGs don't have that. So that's there you go. That's what we're doing. Yep. So yeah. so I did go in on the RPG because I was because I'm interested in it in the world from that perspective. I think it would be kind of cool to do like an RPG in that, you know, yet another zombie, but it's that, right. That world, the kind of tongue in cheek and, uh, and the characters and things like that could be kind of fun. Um, and I, I think what they're doing in second edition is awesome. I think the games, they did a nice job of refreshing it, right. And all the things they've learned from black plague and, um, and invader, you know, putting those rules back in the miniatures are again, another level of, cause what was, I don't know. When did the original zombie side come out, man, that was had to be 10 years ago, almost. Right. Am I, getting Maybe close we were we were like, playing it yeah. we were playing it in indy at the courtyard marriott with everyone the year after we got it or you know around yeah. the time we got it so it had to be seven or eight years ago yep. yeah maybe longer we can confirm but yeah so that <laughs> where i was going with that long story short is hopefully other people backed it but i i went all in and it uh the update is they have the copies at the distribution like center ready to go they think they'll get them out to the hubs and and have them delivered by end of the year, you know, sometime sometime around Christmas. So, um, Sweet. pretty exciting to have that coming and be in hand soon. Cool. I don't know anything about this next title. So the next one. So yes, you well you do actually. Ooh. So if you remember, we've talked many times about Dinosaur Island, the John Gilmore game and. Uh, Pandasaurus, I think, is the company that put that out. So the game we, we play we tried... wrong every time. Yeah, right. So we play. So I think we try. <laughs> we played it. I played it. Uh, we played it a handful of times, right? And like I said, I don't think we ever quite got it. <laughs> got it. We forget a rule right. or we do something different or yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. I liked. I I thought the theme was good. It was in. You know, it was kind of a. Um, you know, a, a decent skin themed arm. Uh, Euro Ooh. Euro game. So. So what they did is they, just like the movies, they kind of did a redo. Um, I don't, John Gilmore, I actually don't think was involved in the, this version. But again, I think he's still there because the base rules are there. But so they did Dinosaur World. So they kind of did a second edition of Dinosaur Island, streamlined a lot of things, kind of cleaned up some of the graphics and things like that. Um, and so I actually went in on that and I actually sold off my Dinosaur Island stuff because I was Whoa. like, I just, and I got, I, I'm actually sold it for not too bad. I mean, I actually didn't lose a whole lot of money on it. Um, and definitely and financed my dinosaur world, uh, purchase on there, but it looked again, I'm like, we, I felt like we'd kind of did our run on dinosaur Island. And like I said, it felt like it, it definitely needed maybe a little bit of cleanup in terms of rules and stuff like that, just from the, it was cool, but it, there was a little bit of maybe too much complexity there for what I, what I'm used to or something else like that. So. Um, so that's what this is. The Dinosaur World is the kind of re redo revision, and it, it's a standalone game, so it doesn't necessarily. I replaced my Dinosaur Island, but it doesn't necessarily replace Dinosaur Island. It does. You could have it as another game next to it. Now, again, how many dinosaur-themed kind of island Euro-type <laughs> games do you need in your on your bookshelf? I don't know, right? Seven. But, seven. Um, seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> Uh, so that's what that, and then there was, uh, and there, there, I don't know, there's some other extra stuff in there too. So, so that's what, uh, dinosaur world is. Um, and that's, so I don't, again, I think that ended a while ago. There may be some, if you keep your eye out from Pandasaurus, they'll probably, there might be some pre-order thing as it gets closer to, to release next year sometime, uh, whenever. So, uh, and then the last one on here is our friends, Matt, uh, down at, uh, 
printablescenery.com down in New Z Wellington, New Zealand down there. I uh, have another uh, 3D print Shadow Fay um, set that they have out there. He Again, his stuff is all so cool. Um, does some great designs. And this is more of a, I'm actually looking at it, it could be like a, almost like a black zombicide black plague kind of 3d kind of rooms it's all kind of uh, a town um and towers and buildings kind of stuff stone and wood and that dark gothic style yeah it looks yeah. really cool yeah and so that's what hit me is like oh this is gonna be cool so i sorry josh i think we'll we'll be re we'll probably be retiring the the um the mold the molded boards at some point for <laughs> For sure. <laughs> for Black yeah. Plague and upping it another level with our 3D print skills now. Yep. So, but uh, so that one actually is still, by the time we get this out, probably still has a couple of days left. Um, I think it ends uh, probably the, like December 3rd or 2nd. So, yeah, I, I keep waffling on going in or going. Uh, I think I'm probably going to go in on it because I, I just love those guys so much. And, even if I don't like everything, like I, I just like what they do, you know? So, yeah. And the Kickstarter, again, the price on the Kickstarter, what happens is even you're like, well, I really only like, there's, like you said, there's maybe a half a dozen buildings I really want. Well, like for what it would cost me to get that after the fact, you might as well just, you can just go all in and right. then you have all the options that. Um, and uh, for, for what it's worth, like when it space. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and, and for what it's worth, when they do a Kickstarter, um, they allow you to go back in on other campaigns that they've done. So if there's something that you're like, oh, I really wish I would have done whatever, you can go back and, and get it again. So um, I think that's really nice of them because, you know, not not everybody does that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's great that they allow folks to, to, to purchase uh, previous Kickstarters um, in their new campaign. All right. How about uh, other items of geekery before we hit the library segment and kind of catch up on what we've been reading, listening, and watching? Any anything else out there that has caught anyone's eyes as as maybe interesting to our our listeners or to our you know ourselves, each other? So I don't. I put this in here a while ago, so I don't remember. Is I saw this um, uh, alternative or a competitor to Roll Twenty uh, called Roll. Um, not a real original name, I guess, um, R-O-L-E, um, at playroll.com. And I haven't looked too much at it. I know they're just kind of starting out, um, and I don't, you know, they, they're, I think they're, again, they're just trying to, another one of these online, fully kind of supported uh, role-playing, online role-playing platforms. Um, and uh, and uh, I'm trying to look at see what. Uh, yeah. What they're kind of it, doing. I don't know. I mean, they're, I think they're, you know, kind of launching and it's Kickstarter. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, and does it, something like this, it's always like kind of traction. You have, you know, Fantasy, what is it? Fantasy Grounds and Roll20, which have a lot of the market at the moment. Uh, so it's really how do you differentiate yourself and um, and what are they going to, you know, what's it going to be different for this that'll draw them? Hopefully they do well. I mean, it's always nice to have some other options, but um, see how it comes out. So they, yeah, there's, there's, you know, it, it is interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how many of them survive or keep flourishing as more come onto the market. Because Fantasy Grounds has their core, you know, group of users, and Roll Twenty has a ton of users. Then there's like some minimalist tabletops, like there's one called Owlbear Rodeo, which doesn't do a lot of the 
the math or the character sheets, but it just is like a online tabletop for tokens and maps and, you know, ways to display. So people go that route. Some people play within discord and like use other things. There's just so many ways to do it now. Um, it is interesting and, and kind of following along with play role, you know, role, the new, the new one, Roll 20 has been talking about their new, uh, their new app, which will allow you to do a lot of the dice rolling and character sheet interaction that'll roll into the virtual tabletop. So you could have your iPad with your character sheet and your, you know, your macros and whatever else, and then keep your monitor, the map open for a chat and, you know, the, the map and not have to window mode your character sheet and keep hiding it or moving back and forth. So, um, they're they're improving their their app experience, which is pretty cool to see them continue to develop. And you know, they started doing a it's like Roll Twenty Reserve, where if you're a pro member, they send you free stuff every month, like an adventure or a token pack or something, just to you know keep probably keep their members happy. Yeah. Um, well, and it also creates a, a little bit more of a revenue stream for them too, right? I mean, in the end, they're a business and they need to, mm-hmm. you know, having some kind of a recurring revenue stream would be, it's kind of nice. I mean, you still kind of have the yearly stuff, but uh, but again, so that they can have money to put into their development. Because I think that is one of the big gaps they have, right? Is it would be totally cool to have your iPad there with your character sheet and everything else next to your computer that now has all your whether it's your your video and the maps and everything else. So that's going to be a, a huge, I think, a huge jump forward. And then uh, is that is that you, Troy? Yep. So the other thing, like, right, if you, you can always shop online, right? Isn't that what we can do now? That's like I mean, <laughs> nothing. If you're not playing games online, you're shopping online. Um, yeah, so- or you have an OnlyFans account. <laughs> Okay. I, I, I just do I just do feet stuff, okay? Like it's not it's not real weird. It's just feet stuff. Uh, uh, sorry. So so I've been I was um one thing I found is I had way back when the the what is 30 years ago now, 20 the realm the old red realms of chaos book, if you remember that, that uh was basically first edition uh, Warhammer 40,000 that introduced all the, the the chaos things. It was the hardcover red book, Realms of Chaos. Um, that had been reprinted. Um, I had owned it way back in the day, and that was always one of my regrets is I had sold it. Um, I got a bunch of money for it because it was collectible even back in the day. Um, but I, I was always one of my regrets that I had sold that book because it was just, it's such a, a core history of, of original 40K. But that had been um, Black Library had reprinted that, or Games Workshop reprinted it um, a couple of years ago, and that was available at only like conventions and and things like that, or Warhammer World, and that. So I had that one. What I realized is all of a sudden, kind of beginning of this year, around January, Warhammer World had actually, or Black Library had reprinted the Green Book. So I don't <laughs> know if you guys remember with the Green one that came after it, which was um, uh, Lost in the Damned, uh, with the big um, Nurgle. Uh, demon on the front classic again very very early this is you know 25 years ago and again i own that one and i sold it for a bunch of money so i'm probably in the end i'm probably coming out even on buying and reselling these books over the years Um, but it was up but again it was the old gw if you remember the remember the old gw hardcover bindings were terrible like the the original rule books would fall apart those books they if you use them at all they had they things so it was actually better now that they 
reprinted them 30, 20 years later, much better technology. So, but I found out all of a sudden they had reprinted it beginning of this year, but because again, there was no conventions or anything like you couldn't, like they never came overseas. There wasn't a good, um, so I was able to kind of do some, some eBay magic and, and, uh, for not a terrible price, um, got a hold of the, the lost in the damned, uh, book, uh, which is, it's, it's so it's great and it kind of had like it has the original if you've never read that so much great background it has like the original horus and the emperor story that a lot of the horus heresy books and the siege of terror stuff is like that's some of the core stories is there's in there's the the couple page story that was written in there a lot of background the empire and it's also the both those books are both um they're 40k and warhammer old warhammer fantasy um, they were actually done for both systems back in the day. So a lot of really just cool stuff, history. Um, if you can get a chance to get a hold of them, I would I would recommend it, especially if you're a fan of the original 40K kind of lore stuff like I am. So uh, so that's it. And then I also got a hold of um, uh, Sabat War map that was uh, oh, only, yeah. kind of only printed out, uh, again, available from like Warhammer World or whatever. So it was kind of, again, it's kind of scarring, scarring eBay for some of these things and try not to pay. I mean, in the end, I didn't pay much more than retail or even that for, for those things. So it's just kind of looking for the deals and people getting, getting rid of some of that stuff. So, um, so more, uh, 40 K collectibles. So. All right. So let's, um, speaking of books, let's move into the, the, the reading. So I don't even know if we really talked about the book club concept or idea on the show, but nope. We were, we were kicking it around in a message or, you know, discussion, and then we just kind of did it. So we, in our Discord, our Basement of Death kind of group, put out uh, a solicitation for ideas for, for books, and Troy put up a list. We got, I think, 11 or 12 people in to, you know, vote and, and talk about it. So we we did our first one, and all five of us uh, participated, and or four of us, geez, there's only four. I'm looking at Windows, and I see a recording bot. Craig. I'm not drunk. Craig is. <laughs> um, so all four of us were in it, but let's do it. I mean, do we want to briefly, no spoilers, but just talk about the book and kind of the experience and then dive into the the other reading or listening, watching we're doing? So, Troy, it's kind of your baby, so I'll, I'll send sure, it yeah, your way I, first. Uh, so I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, again, it was, again, Ty and I just kind of messing around like, hey, like we just like sitting around talking about books. Maybe let's see if other people want to sit around and talk about books with us. And we said, we said, we, we kind of did it. And I said, worst case, it'll be Ty and I sitting around on Discord talking <laughs> about books. Like if nobody else. And we would have been perfectly happy with that. Um, but uh, it was great to kind of, you know, it just kind of go with, I, you know, I kind of enjoy the process about, you know, kind of getting some suggestions from people. And then we curate that a little bit behind the scenes to try and get a theme for kind of the, the first couple months that we've been doing here and then kind of throw it out and just see where we end up for our, um, which ones we want to kind of read. And, you know, I'm always, got, you're always kind of, I'm always a little nervous, like, oh, what if, you know, it kind of falls flat or anything else. But in the end, I guess that's part of a book club too, is like, hey, you, you get the good ones and the bad ones along the way. We're, we're trying to keep it mostly good ones. We'll see how that works out. But um, I think we, you know, we lucked out really, I don't know, we lucked out. I'll, I'll say Ty did great research on kind of getting the first book ended up one that he suggested. Uh, which was the the book of lost things by Jonathan, right? What was it? Do you Connolly, remember? John Connolly. Connolly. Um, and it was it was kind of we were looking for something. It was you know, October ish, so 
maybe kind of fantasy with maybe a little bit of horror element to it or something else like that. And again, we, without reading it, you don't know exactly, but I think it kind of fit right into that. And then this book was really good. Cause it also, it kind of has a twist on a lot of classic fairy tales. And that was a real, I think something that people really kind of enjoyed and really gave us a lot of kind of meat when we had our discussion um, to kind of talk about. So it was, uh, it, it, it was interesting. It was, it was definitely enjoyable, right? I wasn't sure as I got in, I'm like, I'm not sure. And then all of a sudden I hit that point and it was kind of that second half of the book was all downhill for me where you couldn't stop reading. So. Any, no, Josh and Bryce, I think you guys both listened to it. Um, yep. How, how is the audible experience for book of lost things? I thought it was really good. I, I like to listen to books cause it makes it so much easier when I'm walking my dog. And the narrator, I thought, did a great job. So all good things sound audible for, for me. Yeah. And, uh, um, na- narrator always kind of makes or break an audiobook. And, and most of the time, they're very good. Uh, I've only had a couple instances where it was kind of like, eh. Yeah, this this I forget who the narrator was, but uh, they did a great job. And um, I, so fun fact, I've actually never been part of a book club before. This was my first experience, so um, I, I had a blast. I thought it was really fun. Um, I, I, I tried to come prepared and have some questions or have some, you know, thoughts on on stuff. So I, I had some notes jot, jotted down, and I wasn't sure what to expect. And I, I think you guys did a great job, uh, kind of wrangling that. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Are, so is everyone in for the the next one? I, so in December we're doing a more sci-fi uh, book after kind of the book of lost things was a uh, fairy tale fantasy, um, and there's an author that Troy and I have really enjoyed some of his books, Adrian Tychowski. We've talked about Children of Time, uh, and in our experience reading that in previous episodes, but this is his new book that just dropped in August that was voted and and won, which I'm very happy because. I think this was was like one of my selections again, or, or close to. I sent it to Troy. Yeah, so. I'm taking time because all of a sudden yeah. Ty's like, "Did you see this book?" And I'm like, "Oh, I think we found our book." And then of course, <laughs> we have other things to vote on, but yeah, I think both Ty and I were kind of cheering for this one uh, to win, hopefully. So, so Adrian Tychowski's "The Doors of Eden" and it's about parallel worlds and and kind of exploration of those and what happens when people go or come back or what comes back with them and how evolutionary science differs in these, these different time streams and parallel worlds. So um, hopefully everyone's in, I don't know, Josh or Bryce, are you guys doing, doing this one too, or are you sitting this one out? I, I bought it. I just need to set aside time to listen. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a, if, if I read a book, I don't, I don't know why my brain keeps rereading the same paragraph over and over again. If I listen to a book, it, <laughs> It keeps me going. Like it keep like I, I, I don't hit the rewind button. I, I just keep listening. Um I, I don't know why that is in my brain, but that's that's what happens. So uh yeah, anyway. Um I, I just purchased it tonight, so I'll I'll try to get it done before our, our session. I'm trying right. as well. It's a, it's a genre that usually doesn't get me too excited, so uh we'll see. Yeah, what what I think is is of note about this one, Bryce, and maybe maybe it'll help is it's not like 
space and crazy it's more like modern day kind of thriller with aspects of like weird science and involved and it like almost adventure it's a weird mix of like political thriller and whatever and, else. i like what you said and evolutionary science like i won't i won't you might learn something along the way that's always the scary part <laughs> you won't know it though until you're done you're like oh <laughs> Now I know a whole lot more about the Jurassic period than I thought I ever did. So, so I'll I'll dive in. I I also book club kind of spurred me to start reading again. I'd taken a couple months that I hadn't really been doing a lot of reading. Um, I looked at my Goodreads goal of like thirty six books for this year in the reading challenge. I'm like I'm not going to hit it, but I want to see I want to see what I can do. So, you know, I read Sandman Slim book five. I read. The new Dresden book, well, new, but it was back in August or September. Battleground, kind of, the, he did peace talks in the spring, and then Battleground came out. So I finished Battleground. I finished Way of Kings on Audible. So that 45-hour first book in the Stormlight Archives, which the fourth one, Rhythm of War, just released. So I've got like 120 more hours of Stormlight Archive to to go before I'm caught up. Um, I finished Mike Cole's Killing Light, the third and final book in that series. So finally, Troy, we can we can talk about that at some point in time. And then I started The Doors of Eden, and I'm about 100 pages in uh, for the December book with the Abercrombie um, sequel to A Little Hatred sitting there waiting. Uh, so it's been a, a prolific few months, but I'm, I'm actually reading again, just turning through stuff. So Cool. Um, yeah, I had, I don't I don't know how you were able to hold off on the Abercrombie book. I think I read that like the day it came out, and then I <laughs> and really enjoyed that. I talked oh, I think I about that previously. I really enjoyed the 600, 600 pages of this are yeah <laughs> in between you and that and that. So um, so I I again I've also I've been reading a lot. I think I've talked about that um, recently. I in between the the book club book um, I read Valdor or listened to Valdor, uh, which is a Warhammer book about um, the first uh, custode um, and it gives you a lot. It's some way back history about the emperor and kind of pre, I don't even know what it is. It's, it's pre dark age, pre crusade of, you know, pre primarchs um, in, in 40 K. Uh, so interesting. And again, and what's the bonus is the narrator is Stephen Pacey from the Amber <laughs> novel. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, hold it. What? Like, this is unbelievable. Because, yeah, I basically, I think I ended up going almost back to back with um, with those. But when I, all of a sudden, I realized it was Stephen Pacey. And and it's not just him. And then there's a few scenes that are actually where they have, I think it's Toby Longworth. And I can't remember the, the woman's name. There are actually some scenes where there's, where Valdor and um, Zora Woman are talking, where they actually use different narrators to do that scene so it's really kind of cool it's not an audio drama per se but they did you know definitely really nice production for that book and it's more of a no novella it's not super long if i remember right either so i'd recommend that one if, if you're interested in the kind of that 40k and really early like i said this is the start of the um, the emperor kind of getting control of the earth and 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 building the initial primarchs and um and that kind of that kind of stuff so really interesting there uh uh, and another book I just wanted to, as we kind of talked going way back when uh, Raf was on, we talked about kind of, you know, diverse authors and looking at, at, at throwing stuff out. So a book I've kind of started and have out there is called, is Riot Baby. 
um, and I'm going to mispronounce the author's name, uh, Tochi An Onabunichi or something like that. I don't know, Ty, if you can give me a better pronunciation. Um, on that I'm one. not going to try. That yep. You did great. On, Onyabuchi, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, again, it's, um, in my as I've just kind of started it, it's kind of, uh, I think, kind of modern day um, of uh, a kind of, I think, a black family and a black brother and sister kind of working their way in the inner city and, and, and how they work through it. But it has a little bit of a twist where they kind of have some supernatural powers or something else like that. So, so it's interesting because it, it, it definitely has a, a view of kind of life on kind of inner city, you know, black America, but it has a little bit of a science fiction twist to it is my understanding. I'm only a little bit into it, but, uh, but it, it, it's gotten, you know, decent reviews and kind of stuff like, so I'm, I'm interested to kind of, I'll, I'll read through that at, at some point. Um, that, so just kind of throwing out there as kind of, again, as we're looking for, um, kind of diverse authors and stuff to kind of keep in your mix. So. Which I, I forgot to mention after I finished way of Kings on audible, I dove into the fifth season, uh, NK Jemison's um, book. So like, just figuring it out because I'm not really familiar, but it's almost like a broken earth. You know, they keep talking about how this is, you know, things fall falling apart like this. The world is ending and you're trying to figure out what is going on in the first few chapters. So it's it's kind of a cool, um, cool experience. But I'm, I'm listening to that one next on Audible as I read through other ones every so often. I'll, you know, get some downtime at during the workday where I, I don't have meetings or I don't need to think real critically so I can listen to 20 minutes 30 minutes here and there josh uh bryce any audible or sh new shows you're viewing to get through the, the covid times anything uh I, i'm there i'm really enjoying mandalorian i don't know about you guys <laughs> <laughs> the new season's out um and really really digging it so good yeah it is it is a good season it's an exciting show Bryce, how about you? You you liking the Mandalorian? I read uh, the second Sandman Slim book, and enjoyed that a lot. And I really like that series, and it's pretty funny that, like, playing Mage, I feel like Tom's Ty told me Tom read all those books, and I feel like I can sense a lot of that book and and the characters in that campaign, and it's, it makes it pretty fun. And I don't I don't know, and maybe Ty can speak to this if if the the book is based somewhat on that world or that game or if it's just they just happen to be very similar i i think i don't i haven't read anything that confirms it but i would i would wager a guess that richard cadre the the author of those books spent some time playing world of darkness or is at least familiar with it um there's there's too much that is referenced in some of the world of darkness lore and background and stuff but it's just different enough but i i would I would bet pretty strongly that he is familiar with or exposed to the world of darkness in some way. Uh, just how the, the books kind of work and the system of magic and the, the culture and society of modern day LA, you know, LA in the nineties with this background of the sub Rosa, the, the magic like users and different creatures and monsters. So safe bet there in, in a great series, man. I, it's one of those books that the rights to it for for film and TV are lost somewhere. You know, they've been bought and they're sitting somewhere and it's like that would be it'd be so good. That would be such a good just series like Netflix to pick that up and and run with it or 
you know, to, to make a couple of movies. Um, you know, we could probably spend hours talking about what actors could play the different roles and who would be a good, you know, Sandman Slim. But um, yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's fun. And especially as we're playing kind of modern, you know, World of Darkness stuff and then, you know, some other, other things we're dabbling in. It's, it's cool, too, to have that crossover. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I will, since we can't talk about the Mandalorian enough, um, <laughs> we have been doing, we've been using it as um, our, our family gathering. We've been doing actually watch parties with our whole family on, oh. actually on Saturday night. Like we'll get, I'll get Ben, John, and then actually my sister will be over, go over to my parents' house and we'll all sit on Discord. And then you can, on Disney Plus, you can do like the watch together. Yeah. So you can do it. So we've been we've been doing that for the last couple of weeks, um, as and just use the Mandalorian as a as a, a watch party thing because we're all we're all well into it. Um, although my my parents again, they, well, they grew up with Star Wars, so they they're familiar with it. I think they just like hanging out with their family. So, uh, <laughs> but it's it was great to use that as a, a good excuse to to get together. So well, that's a good point. It's it's our Friday night like family thing. You know, after dinner. Nicole and Landon and I all watch it. Landon loves it. You know, Nicole likes it. So it, we're, you know, it's a show. There are a few shows that we all enjoy and like and can watch, you know, it's not the inane cartoons of the, the nine-year-old or, you know, the whatever from Bravo or, you know, Top Chef that Nicole watched with Landon, but like that we all actually like. It's rare to find, you know, a, a show that works for, for everyone. So, yep. Ty, um, did did you watch DuckTales or Darkwing Duck as a kid? Uh, yeah, I saw DuckTales is back. So is Animaniacs, right? Yeah, yes. they're they're remaking uh the Darkwing Duck series. I just saw that the other day. That's that's a remake I can get behind. Yeah. Yep. See, I was so, the Animaniacs guy. Like, yeah, it was a little off <laughs> time, but I still even enjoyed Animaniacs when it was originally out. Well, I mean, they were zany to the max, so it's hard to pass that up. I I did binge watch all six seasons of Schitt's Creek over the last month or two. The Eugene Levy and his son, Dan Dan Levy show. I loved it. It was absolutely hilarious, like touching, you know, heartfelt moments that like and then just ridiculous comedy from, you know, if, if you like waiting for Guffman or. Yeah. Mighty Wind or any of those films that he did with um, Christopher Guest Catherine, movies, Christopher yeah. Guest movies with Catherine yeah. O'Hara and like love that um, and watched all six seasons in a hurry. Like it yeah. was crazy how quick I got through that. So good. Uh, I think that exhausts my library segment. Any any last things or should we just take a quick break? And when we come back, we're going to. You know, really, we didn't kick off with this, but this is the Thanksgiving Eve recording session. So we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about kind of reflection and things we're thankful for in in the year, you know, that that has been with a gaming spin. So it won't be like, you know, Troy, I'm really thankful that we've been friends for 11 years and you continue to be a a mentor and a guiding light in the hobby. Josh, I'm really thankful that you grew your beard longer than your hair. (laughs) Bryce, how thankful I am about you you know, helping with painting recipes and hobby motivation all the time. Um, 
but we'll talk a little bit about personal gaming experience, some other things. Like how I weaved in things I'm I'm thankful for. It was good. Yeah. So uh, we'll take a break and come back and uh, go into kind of our our thankfulness segment, attitudes of gratitude with the plane and slaying crew. And we are back, and it is time to sit down around the table with hopefully just your immediate family and your household unit, the bubble you have created, and talk about the Thanksgiving holiday with a gaming spin. Uh, so I, I think, Troy, you found these. Do you want to talk about where you found these questions or kind of how this came so up? I'll just and... give a little credit. Yeah, so uh, this is a work thing. Um, so I went and did a... I think it was almost, it was a year ago, September, I was out in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico for one of these leadership kind of enhanced skill training kind of things with Esther Derby. She's uh, written a lot of books and I don't know if some people may have heard her. So, um, and uh, it, was, it was, again, the course was really good. You're kind of stuck with a bunch of people for a week and pretty intense, but, um, but then you can, you know, I, I, she has some newsletters and things like that. And then this week she kind of just sent a newsletter out and kind of just said, you know, what is, thanksgiving look like in this year in 2020 right a little different and and she and she you know and said normally you know right you have you go around the table and and give thanks for different things but you know 2020 has been a little different and maybe there's a little different set of questions that that you want to ask so so we're going to give them a little you know a kind of a gaming spin but these also you know the questions would work for for just about anything around that so i, I thought it was interesting and i kind of just threw it out there and i said yeah i, said, I think it'll be a good uh, good discussion Cool. Yeah, I think and and the first one's kind of heavy. It it took me a while to think about, you know, but um I'll I'll dive in and ask the question and then probably spin it over to uh to one of you guys first. Um who and what do you grieve? So 2020 has been a, a challenging year and there's, you know, grief in a lot of different ways and you know, both real for actual loss of, of people, but things, livelihoods, whatever, but taking that to the gaming spin and in our kind of gaming culture that we have and um, the groups we run with, who and what do you grieve? And I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it over to Bryce first. Oh, good because I think we're all gonna have the same answer. Um, I, <laughs> I put down high fives, fist bumps, and hugs. Uh, the people that you know I've gotten to know and quite frankly love over the t last three or four five years, and not being able to see any of them, it's it's been pretty brutal. When you get so accustomed to seeing them at least one week in the month and now to to just not see them at all for going on a year is yeah it sucks definitely and and yeah um, <laughs> uh, i think all of us ended up in a, a similar place you know just reading through the show notes but troy I'll, I'll send it over to you next yeah so what do i agree i think you know as i look back like what was <laughs> Like again, it, like the conventions were like gen, not going to Gen Con for the first time in thirty some years, right? Was a like a, an interesting hole. Um, I remember like that weekend in the summer. I actually ended up being up in Indoor County, kind of away, but I was. It was just a really weird feeling, right? A weird feeling to not have that that gathering, and and again, it's become more than that recently right it's not it's it's a spectacle gen con's always spectacle and good to go but now it's just it's this gathering of all our friends we've made over the years from all across the country um and that's you know our 
or, or one of the times we get together. And so that that's a big, you know, besides the spectacle of Gen Con missing, it's the, the getting together with friends, just like Bryce said, kind of that, uh, the personal stuff about it. And, and then Adepticon, um, you know, that was early kind of in it in, in everything. Right. And when, when everything got shut down and, um, and Adepticon is right. It's own become its own special, special thing for us. Right. It's, it's local. It's for me, it's like, I, you know, it's running games there and, um, and the amount of energy that I, that I put into that to, to kind of just, you know, hopefully entertain people and, and all the feeling like I said, I kind of hear you said all the people we didn't meet there. Right. It, cause it's every, every year we meet new people and like we've, we've our network of friends, you look over the year of how we, how has the basement of death group kind of grown and all the people that we've kind of brought in our umbrella. It's been through all these little, these events and these little, you know, all these kind of chance meetings and things like that, that we've had. Um, and so not having that opportunity this year, just to kind of meet old friends and make new friends and, and new experiences is again, left two kind of really, really big holes, um, around that, um, around that one. And then the, the other thing I kind of threw out there, cause we're probably uh, almost a year away from the last time we did is, you know, in this, this room that I'm in right here, we we've had the, the big BOD game days, right. Where we've had a bunch of uh, the, the whole local group over and, um, and had tables all over and whether it's just drinking and throwing some games down and throwing some dice. Um, but I, 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 I live for like, and we've done them around my birthday the last couple of years. Um, some of that. And so I like, those are things I really look back and enjoy just it's when we're all together. Right. And, uh, and creating, creating memories and experiences. And so, yeah, so it's, again, it's, we've, we've made, and we'll talk about, I think it was, again, there's been different things that happened, but those are the big things that I think I'm missing. So, so sorry, I talked a lot. So no, no, that's good. <laughs> it, you're, you're leaving less for me to say, which is always a good thing since I often talk so much. So um josh speaking of leaving less for me to say i'll, I'll send it your way <laughs> well yeah i mean you know the 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 two in front of us already kind of hit on them but uh you know without trying to sound too redundant yeah the various conventions uh the the gaming with friends and and making new friends and then um also something that that sort of hit home uh and, and you know i haven't lost anyone recently but you just kind of family that I've lost, you know, uh, previously, uh, just, uh, the preciousness of life is sort of like, a a thing that's sort of floating around. Right. And, and, uh, reflecting on that. Um, yeah, it just, it, it sort of hit home, uh, quite a bit throughout this pandemic. And, um, that, yeah, that's been kind of something that's weighed on me a little bit. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's this question, it, it brings up just the word grief is, is, you know, tough, tough to think about at times. And when I think about, you know, the things you guys said, it's, it's that seeing people, it's that the hug across, you know, seeing, seeing Stu across a, a, a tournament hall at Adepticon or Nashcon. Um, you know, I don't want to name a ton of just cause I could name a hundred people, but like, you know, it's just those people you don't even get to see that often as is. And then this magnifies, you're not even able to see the people you see all the time, you know, like right. you guys, you know, other than a, a handoff of something at a door or, you know, a brief conversation, like, um, you know, my, my immediate circle of friends, it's, it's that social gathering, the camaraderie, the game nights, the tournaments, the, the AOS crowd, you know, wh whoever, wherever, 
Um, it's just that that connection that people has been probably the the toughest part of of this, especially you know when I think about the year of of gaming, it's been digital. It's it's just there's no there's no personal like time together, you know. Um, granted, I don't have to worry about Josh trying to touch my leg under the table or anything, but like. <laughs> You know, I, I miss it. Now I miss them. Like, oh, man, I wish Josh was here to try to, you know, play footsie with me. So, um, yeah, that was that was a good question, Troy. And that that was a tough one. Um, but I, I think we all kind of touched on a lot of the the things that are important. And, and you realize when you're unable to to have some of those moments and connections and times, how, how much they really mean to you. Um. So the next question is, what did you learn? Uh, and I'll I'll start with this one, kind of probably reverse order it, so we're not all you know repeating ourselves or doing anything. But for me, it was that gaming and, and hobby time are, are directly linked to my mental health and well being. So like, gaming for me is an activity that I I seek out because it makes me feel good. You know, like runners get a rush from running. Um, you know, painters get pleasure from from painting i i learned that like gaming and the the aspect of of hobby is directly correlated to me feeling good and like trying to fill that void with other ways to game and other things to do and engage with the hobby has has been what i learned and you know making that effort to find time for the pursuits that that make me happy is really important because it's so easy to fall into this pattern of just getting by. I'm just working. I'm just trying the, you know, virtual learning with the the kid at home or everyone working from home. So we don't, you know, hate each other at the end of the day, because we're never apart, like, <laughs> like <laughs> just adapting and adjusting. Um, but needing to make an effort to find time for the gaming, for the hobby, the things that make me feel good, because it's so easy to lose sight of that when they're not there. All right, Josh, I'm going to send it to you. I said reverse order. So <laughs> um it, it, <clears throat> this, this might sound weird uh, or maybe not weird i don't know um I, I i've realized uh that the amount of social media that i consume directly correlates to my mood so the the, the more i'm on you know facebook or twitter or whatever uh the the less good i feel about myself and and or just the less like good i feel about the world maybe even and and that just uh, I, I just realize how, you know, like the the death scrolling through Twitter or whatever, you know, like there's a handful of good things out there. And I, I try to like, you know, have my feed full of hobby related stuff. But then there's also all that garbage that's out there. And I it just <laughs> man, let me let me educate you with something I learned about that. Uh-huh. Get an Instagram account. The hobby game on Instagram is so good. I haven't put anything up on my own, but all I do is follow painters and studios and game com- like, and it's it's totally curated by me. I don't get any of the other BS. I don't nothing leaks in from news headlines. It's just pure like curated hobby. So like follow Sergio Sergio Calvo or whatever. Follow Darren Latham. Follow you know all these guys. Uh-huh. And all you get then is that that hobby. Like Instagram okay. is so good for hobby, and it's it's none of the other BS unless you want other stuff to like to come in. It's so okay. easy to curate and control. Set so, up an Instagram and do it. 
I will check. I will. That out. I will second that. Um, I again. I, I, and I apologize because I basically, I, I, I have Twitter, but I don't. I, I basically stopped looking at Twitter a couple months ago, um, for similar reasons. And I, and I went and again, somebody has suggested Instagram, and I've been, that that is now feeding my. Like when I need to, oh yeah, I want to go through this. And just, it's been like Ty said, I've had the same experience there. So far it's, now it's owned by Facebook. So I'm worried they're going to F it up at some point. Um, <laughs> but right now it, it is an oasis of of most, again, it's stuff that I want to see. And and there's and I learned stuff and cool stuff on there. So, Okay, good. That's good. So Troy, that's a good segue. What What did you learn? So what did I learn? And most of this is about me. Uh, so I kind of have, I have it. It's not about time. It's about motivation and focus. So um, I think one thing we learned, like we always talked about, yeah, I'll just do that when I have time. Like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have free time to do that and just do it. Well, I mean, again, I've been, there have been times where I, you know, I've luckily for me, I've always been working and been working a lot sometimes, but I definitely did. You know, I got my, my commute time back. I got, you know, I, I have more time available. I'm not going out to do things. But am I getting all these hobby projects that I someday <laughs> someday I'll do that right someday I'll do that and what I realized is that no it's not the time when it's not someday when I have time it's someday when I want to do that and and I realized that I, there's a lot of things I probably will never really want to do um, and so that kind of rolls into my second one which is I have too much stuff um, and. And so that's been a lot of energy that I've been, you know, it's like instead of hobby time, I've actually put a lot of energy into just like cleaning and just purging stuff and and kind of get clearing the, you know, I felt like I was weighed down by just like, hey, I have all this stuff that I realized I'm never going to get to and I don't really want to get to. Like, it, so it's it's helped us set priorities. So I, I just learned a lot about how, you know, how do I stand? And I still have a long way to go. Like <laughs> there's nothing I've learned, but it's just helped to create a, a, a little different mindset. Now that, you know, cause I, as you talked about, I still buy stuff. I still bought stuff that I, you know, hopefully I'm going to put together at some point, whatever, but hopefully it's within the lane of, of things that I, I it's definitely in a project that I have momentum towards. Um, not one in something like someday I'm going to build uh, a horse heresy army you know, <laughs> you know, that, that <laughs> there's a lot of energy you know that um, stuff like that so um so that's the, really and that kind of and the last thing i kind of had was you know what do i really care about um I, the, as you were talking about ty like early on i think it was easy to kind of just easy to get from one day to the next that's what i always talked about like it's like i could work i could then kind of zombie through and and just like, well, I'll play some video game or I'll watch TV and then it's bedtime. And then the next day it all starts over. And and I was just doing stuff to get from one day to the next and realizing I wasn't really, you know, and that some of the next stuff we'll talk about, I wasn't, you know, what was I accomplishing? What was that? Was I really happy? Was I doing some of that? So it, it's just been helping to, again, a lot of this is maybe mental health kind of stuff, but it's really been, you know, how to, to really try and figure out a mindset of, um, you know, you, there's a little bit of your, we're all, you know, we're with our bubbles, but we're by ourselves a little bit more than maybe we have been in the past too. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, still, still learning too. I think that's, <laughs> I learned some, but we're still learning. Bryce, how about you, man? What did, what have you learned over this time 
gaming hobby, any anything really. What? Yeah, mine's mine's similar to what Troy said. It's not it's not about the time, but it's not it's not even really about what I want to do because there's a lot of things that I, I think I want to do, but not having like a lot of it. Maybe it's egotistical or something, but not having the opportunity to show it to people aside from Twitter and that, but just, I always really like to see people's reaction or to engage in the game with fun models that both of us care about. Without having that, it's like, I can build this thing or I can paint this thing, but it's just going to go sit on a shelf somewhere. And for me, that I, I don't really care about the likes. It's about the feeling of putting it out there and engaging with it and being able to tell the story that I have for it with another person on the table. And not having that is, I think, the major thing that's holding me back from doing anything because it feels like, oh, cool. It's not great. It's got colors on it, but it's still just going to sit on the shelf. What's, <laughs> what's that for? So. Yeah, that's that's a, a very relevant point too. Is our our motivation in general? You know why? And when you take time to think about it and you, you look at it, but um, you know, I, I think we'll we'll shift it to you know what we did accomplish. So we've we've talked about you know what we what we grieved, what we learned. Now the the next question up is what did you accomplish? So in same fashion, Bryce, I'm going to start with you since I just ended on you. And go kind of you know snake draft style through through the group. Yeah, I I think that this counts as hobby. It's it's a hobby of mine because it's a lot of home improvement and and creating that way. But I got so much done in my house and my yard that I would have never finished had it not been for everything being shut down and not having the distraction of hobby. Like the fact that I I'm not rushing to finish an army for an event or things like that i can just say well that's not important right now i can spend the whole afternoon outside in my yard doing this and i got so much done in my home in the last nine months that it's that alone really makes me feel good so i i'm living in a finished house now instead of a a half of a a floor in my living room and things like that so (laughs) <laughs> and you have a yard now i think that's the the craziest thing the before mm-hmm. and after your yard yeah, is uh yeah pretty pretty incredible all right troy what have you accomplished um this was hard to like find like things that i accomplished and some of it maybe i, I don't want to spill over into our fourth question but um i, I talked a little bit about kind of just cleaning organizing purging i i'm, I'm actually seeing that as an accomplishment of like starting to to clear the mechanism, make sure I have space to, to feel not feeling weighed down by things. Um, that's good. Um, the other thing I threw on here was, uh, an iRacing class B license. Um, I did spend about six months uh, where I dove heavy into the, the <laughs> sim racing hobby, um, and got, uh, and, and enjoyed it and, and found that that was something that was giving me, um, joy. Cause it's interesting. Cause you are interacting with other you're racing against other real people on the sim and um you know not necessarily interacting with them except crashing your car into them or being pissed at them when they crashed into you or something <laughs> like that. But, um, but there, there's something to say about like you're actually you know you're interacting with other real people it's not just a computer game against um you know against a computer or something else like that um and it, you know and it has schedules that where you like a race starts at a certain time and you have to be ready and, and go through this stuff so um 
so some of that i i have taken a break because i did get to a point where like it started to not be as fun anymore it started to feel more like work <laughs> so as soon as that was getting it, i'm like oh time to take a little break and we'll, we'll, we'll it'll be there when when i'm ready to jump back in so um so that was the other one um and somebody else reminded me that i that i i beat covid on here so yeah i did <laughs> i was lucky lucky and that i ended up uh, you know having a uh, you know having a fairly mild case um and you know not sure whether it was from from school from through my daughter other things like that where it was come but you know right now in wisconsin it is everywhere right um so it uh, but again i i lucked out in that i was I, but i was also trying to be be fairly healthy and pumping myself full of vitamin c and zinc at, all the time before this just in case so uh, whether that helped or not who knows but uh, uh, again, I did feel bad for a couple of weeks. It didn't, it wasn't, it's still not a walk in the park in any means, but, um, but I got away pretty clean on that one. So. All right, Josh, how about you, sir? Accomplishment. Yeah. So at, at the beginning of COVID uh, or of, of, the, of this pandemic or whatever you want to say, um, I, I actually rebuilt um, the, the gaming closet and the kids closet uh, the the shelves are sort of bowing. I, I I built them pretty poorly the first time around, so uh, rebuilt them all and um, you know put more supports in there and reorganized everything, which meant I brought everything out and had it all over my basement. <laughs> and then uh, so so once I had that all rebuilt, uh, the the kids were coming back to school, uh, and they were going to be going back to school virtually. So they were going to be down here in the basement. So I had to clean it all back out. And so organized, got rid of stuff, you know, sold some stuff, whatever. And yeah, I feel really good about my closet now. So that's good. It's not a hot mess. Um, I also feel really good uh, and, and more comfortable about my 3D printer. I kind of talked on it, uh, talked about that earlier, but uh, tinkering with it and fixing it and, you know, the, the temperature probe problem that I had, um, yeah, I, I feel a little more at ease with, uh, doing some of that type of fixing type stuff with it. So that's good. Um, and uh, one other thing that I was sort of proud of, so like we haven't been able to do any kind of tournaments or any kind of, I don't, I don't know, like, or at least I haven't, uh, been able to do any kind of, uh, tournaments or, or that sort of thing. Um, so I've been playing, uh, Magic Arena Constructed. And I got up to Platinum Tier 2 um, a couple months ago. And I was real jazzed about that. Like, that was kind of a, a, a big thing for me. So um, uh, just kind of filling that niche, right? That uh, <laughs> the the accolades type thing uh, w was kind of cool. So, yeah. Very cool. Platinum, I remember that discussion. Now, yeah. uh, my my one follow up question: Have you stopped, or you keep going? Are we, um, are we really going to go for it here the next? Uh... Uh, I'm I'm still playing. Uh, I don't have a good <laughs> deck right now. I, I've been struggling with finding a new deck that I like that's that's good, and uh, I'm I'm in I'm in gold right now. Uh, but yeah, it's it. I don't have a good enough deck to get there, and I'm gotta, still gotta trying pick to it up, out. Coop. Pick I do, I do, I do. All right. So um my my accomplishment, I guess we're there. I can't 
toss it to any of you guys. I got to deal with the fact I'm not accomplishing anything. No, um, multiple trips to to Noble Night. So earlier this year, I did one, cleaned out a lot of stuff. I did another one recently, got $500 in store credit there that I'm burning nice. a hole in my pocket. So once December hits with Blood Angel releases, I'm sure I'll find a way to, you know, restock and load back up the empty space on the shelf. <laughs> um, but you know, some, some pretty big clearing out kind of reorganizing efforts. So, and, and then, you know, with that, I talked a little bit about the the hobby desk and having that dedicated space for that. So it's not sharing space on my, my desktop with like my work computer where, you know, I'm moving one thing to do the next. Um, and then I've been playing a lot of video games. Uh, so Call of Duty is Warzone. And it's to the point now where me and a couple of guys I play with, we usually can win a game or two each night, which is is actually pretty tough uh, yeah. to do. So we're um, we're winning pretty consistently now, at least, you know, one or two games sometimes in a night, which is is pretty cool. And it either means we're playing far too much or uh, we're, we're getting better. I, I don't know if maybe both. But uh, as weird as that is, that's that's kind of an accomplishment these days. So um, not not much else. No blue ribbons, though. No trophies, no sportsmanship awards. That's been the, the hard part is not even getting a chance to compete. Like, you know, competition is something I kind of thrive on. And it's not it's not there like, you know, for for anything. Well, getting some W's at, at the end of the night is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll start our Twitch uh our Twitch stream professional gaming here. <laughs> surely. Yep. The e gaming gaming. Here you go. Three three old guys playing playing <laughs> Warzone. Whenever we die accusing that person of being a cheater. Yep. All right. Next up, where did you find joy? Uh so I will start since that's that's where we're at. Um and I did talk about the decluttering and, and Troy, had you not ever told me about Marie Kondo, I wouldn't have even known, you know, thinking about does, does this bring you joy and tossing it out? I went through my game shelf and like, I got rid of rising sun, like Kickstarter. I got rid of, you know, some, some stuff that like old 40 K books that I just, I don't need. So like weird, but clearing out did give me some sense of, you know, accomplishment and a little bit of joy to like, just get rid of stuff. Like letting, letting stuff go was pretty, um, pretty enjoyable experience. Um, but ultimately what has probably where I found the most joy through, through COVID is the multiple role-playing game campaigns, both, both GMing and playing, having a chance to get into the depth of investment that it takes to like create a world, you know, build a campaign, run a couple games, like, um, and then just playing with the the group of friends, you know, the two different groups and my mage group, just the, the close, close friends and, and how those relationships I think have, have changed for the better. And so, you know, some people I play with, I wasn't real close to it, but like, you just, there's a weird sense of camaraderie and like connection to the people you play a role-playing game with for that long. Uh, and, and that was, you know, one of the the key things I wanted to highlight. Um, I think Josh, I think I got to send it your way. Yeah. Um, I, I, as corny as this is like, so our whole family is here, right? Like, um, it, our, our kids are doing virtual school and my wife's working from home and I'm working from home. And 
like basically like we're here together all the time and at first there was a little nerve-wracking um but i'm kind of coming to realize like how kind of cool it is too like we're all together all the time and we get to kind of experience each other every day all the time and while that's can be kind of annoying it's also sort of like i mean we're not we're never really going to have that again right like once kind of this sort of wraps up hopefully right at some point um we'll go back to more a normal type life and i don't know i i think that's sort of cool in in a weird way so for for what it's worth i I i'm finding joy in just hanging out with the family um also like like ty was saying video games are kind of (laughs) bringing me this uh you know weird joy and then trying to set small hobby goals for myself and trying to complete them. Um, you know, you guys are, are doing a, a great job of motivating me uh, through our hobby accountability. You know, I, sometimes I'm rushing it right at the end, you know, right up to the uh, the night before, like Troy was saying. But at any rate, you know, I am sort of working towards that and, and knocking, knocking those things out um, eventually. Um, <laughs> Yeah. After a few delays. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If if it weren't for those delays, like I wouldn't have got it. But you know, we delayed, and that was great because then I got it. So we'll we'll keep delaying the podcast recording nights to ensure you can hit your goal each uh, to bring me joy. To bring me joy. That's what it's about. Speaking of podcasting, I you know not to steal your thunder, Troy, but let's kick it your way. What what has brought you joy? So it's interesting as. kind of as Bryce was talking about, uh, you know, as I was, some of the, you know, people have listened, right. As I've struggled with hobby stuff and some of that's been, I'm really, I, you know, part of it, I found I'm really motivated by a deadline, by events, by having something to go take my models to, to kind of show them off and that. And so, and so, but it was, so what I really then tried to find, okay, what else can I re- replace some of that with? And what I found is it, it's really still creating something to put out into the world. So, uh, you know, I found like, I get a lot of joy out of that. Like when we can do a podcast and getting that out. And even if that's part of that is the entire process around the technology. And I've learned a lot. I've been telling, you know, as I've been buying small technology pieces and improving our, our different things here and cameras and GoPros and, uh, just finding different ways to find, you know, how do I create, whether that's not models, maybe it's some kind of media, something else like that. Um, I do podcasts for, we've done podcasts for work and I get, a, you know, it's funny, all the other stuff I do at, at work, that what do I get the most joy of work is like, hey, when we're going to record a podcast, like I, that jazzes me like, all right, this is great. We get to do something. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm a manager too now, so I don't write code or anything like, so I don't actually create stuff at work. So this does give me an outlet to even at work to like, hey, here's something I can kind of produce and put out there to do. But um, so creating this, what I found, you know, I'm, I wish I could find more time to write, but um, we didn't mention it. I had updated the the Horace Heresy reading guide that sits on the basement of death um, <laughs> uh, article, and and I just basically said I, I had this on my to do list, and I just finally like I'm gonna go heads down for like a, a day or so just to do the research and then go through it, um, and I just found the amount of joy again because I think that's something that's kind of out there. 
um, the amount, you know, I'm always just amazed at the amount of hits that, 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 that list gets. And, and I do get, you know, people do comment and I get responses on that. Um, and they, so I, you know, just the little things of joy around that, uh, has been, has been great. And so that's what I kind of found is like, how do I continue to find ways to create things, um, to fill kind of that gap that we've, we've kind of had where it was like, Hey, I create a space out game or I create an event and share that with people. And that's a way to share, but we don't have that. And how do we do it? So. So those have been, that's been the big thing kind of around that, just how do I continue to create things and cool. Um, and then I think we've had some really cool like event type things that we have. Like we go back, we talked about the the Mr. Meth, the streamathon we did. When was that back in, I don't remember when it was, August, September, Summer, yeah. summertime. Yeah, something like that. But again, that was so much energy came out of that positivity, right? And and awesome for that that hours with Andrew and just what we were on, and but just following that whole stream for the day. Um, we talked about the book club discussion, but I, I mean, I don't know if we talked about how, when we all like, you know, we said Ty and I were like, if it's just me and I, me and him, we'll be happy. The fact that we were able to coordinate and I don't know what we have 10, 12 people, everybody on discord from across the country, right? We had over three different time zones, people we hadn't talked to and seen in, in some of it years <laughs> uh, and some of it and get to talk to, to people and, uh, and that, like, I was super just emotionally jazzed. Like, we had a really cool book discussion, but just it was a way to kind of recreate that. You know, we're all together at Gen Con. We're all together at Adepticon. We weren't all together, but we were, for once, we were all together on Discord for an hour to talk about things. And it was, it gave me a little, you know, a huge boost uh, after, you know, I don't know you guys, when I got done off that call, I was just flying high, right? It was, it was totally cool, so... Um, and then the last one is when we do get the opportunity again, it's been since September, I think when we, you know, just dropped off stuff and get, when you do get to rub elbows with somebody and see them in the flesh for even a second, it, uh, it, <laughs> it's still, uh, it's still a huge, it's, you know, as much as you talk to, you know, I mean, God, you know, Ty, we probably talk a couple of times a week and Bryce right? <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and whatever, but it's not the same as when you're talking face to face, right? It's, yeah. All right. Speaking of face to face, I feel like I haven't seen Bryce face to face in over a year. But uh, Bryce, that brings you uh, up for where did you find joy? Uh, definitely in the the creating of worlds that you mentioned, and that you know I've only DM'd a few games, but the creating a story with with so many people that I, you know, both look up to and, and appreciate so much in my life with you and, and Paul and then everyone else that plays with us. It's, it's been something that I've never really been able to do before. And I'm very thankful that I've had that opportunity with you guys. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it's that kind of what we talked about earlier with having something that you create and sharing it with other people. You're not only just sharing the story that you make, you're telling a story with other people, and that experience has been awesome for me. Um, and then, of course, I'm thankful for my for my two dogs, because I, unlike you guys, don't have a family, and I could not imagine what this would be like if I didn't have the dogs here to make me go outside. <laughs> there would yeah. be days where I wouldn't leave my living room if it wasn't for them. So, uh, having having that is is great. Yeah, that's uh man. So that was that was that was both rewarding and and difficult um you know and a little bit 
a little bit emotional to think about even even with the gaming spin you know we we tend to personalize and, and talk about stuff so um i think you know the 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 key kind of parting message that i would i would leave any listener with is you know hopefully thanksgiving is is a time that you can think about you know the things in in gaming and hobby these these questions do some of that reflection um but you know appreciate uh what what you have still you know and and what you surround yourself with um and hopefully find you know find some time to just just reflect you know be be thankful uh gratitude is is a powerful powerful thing for you know feeling better you know the more you can show gratitude and feel gratitude the it's proven through study after study that you will end up you know feeling better so leave you with before we uh head into our final break in the end of the show any final thanksgiving message from from the rest of this wonderful uh crew that i get to sit and ramble for hours at a time with every you know few weeks to a month uh, again i hope everybody had a good thanksgiving because this will probably drop right after thanksgiving then everybody ate too much turkey and, and everything else like that but and uh, again i'd maybe just thank you to everybody who, who does listen to us and and who we've met over the years and um and that we interact with uh you know we we do this as a a labor of love and that we enjoy um but we hope that we uh hopefully we we uh, insert a little joy in people's lives that they get to listen to us ramble about about this or that for the last whatever we've been doing this for uh, i don't know what now this five or six years in some form or another so <laughs> all right we'll take a break and we'll be back with the show wrap up thanks everyone Craig didn't say what he was thankful for. It's kind of a <laughs> Craig's not thankful for anything. He's a robot. All right. Um, I'm just going to do a five count and then should we just put, does that work, Troy? We don't need yeah. to actually yeah, like, stop there. Okay. Yeah, we'll be good. Yep. We'll so we'll do that. five, four, three. All right. And we're back after our Thanksgiving uh, flavored main topic. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, to Troy's point, this will be dropping after, uh, the holiday. You're all full of, uh, tryptophan and mashed potatoes and stuffing and whatever candied yams and pies you like, and, uh, you've enjoyed the episode, but that is going to do it for us here at Plan and Slan. So, you know, as, as always, um, reach out Twitter, Facebook, thebasementofdeath.com, any of the emails, especially intern at basementofdeath.com. He is the most receptive to any email uh, and probably the friendliest in his responses. Um, so, so certainly do that. But, you know, wherever you listen to us, please give us a, a review, you know, send us to a friend, whatever it is, so that we can uh, we can get to, to more people within our wonderful circle of listeners. Um, but other than that, we will be back next time with episode hopefully 50 uh 49. kind of a eight yeah 49.9 <laughs> um but in in our 50th episode a bit of a celebration reflection it's it's good timing i think as we head in the year end um christmas you know new year's kind of episode 50 is is big so we're excited uh, but until then 
friends, listeners, countrymen. Keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying. Cameron makes me look funny. <laughs> you shoot the camera. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I got like I got. I haven't cut my hair. I'm like in between. My hair is longer like than my beard. Just shave it down. Yeah, uh, maybe. I'm just gonna grow it out now. Let it grow. Have you? Have any of you seen Domus's beard? No, I don't. Mm-mm. It is unfucking real. It's like full on Santa Claus beard. <laughs> Even more so because it's like out the sides too. It's just like a, I've never seen a more impressive beard from quarantine. Fantastic. Matt Danner's quarantine hair is perhaps yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good too. Combine his hair with Domus's beard and you've got the best